We are joined on the line by Lars Hansen, who covers University of Washington athletics and recruiting for RealDog.com. Lars, kind of a, an up and down football season so far for the Huskies, who are currently five and three. How is Chris Peterson's first season being received up there in Seattle? Uh, it was being received, you know, in a better light than it was. I mean, obviously the first five games they didn't look too well, but they still were four and one. And the loss to Stanford was questionable. You know, they they usually could have won that game had it not been for at least the average offense that they had, that they didn't have. And then you know, losing to Oregon, you know, we always expect. You know, some people still believe that Washington was ready to knock off Oregon, but that wasn't going to happen. And, you know, I thought they had a legitimate shot against Arizona State, but, you know, there's that whole quarterback issue that they have. And, you know, the fans, they're still obviously waiting and seeing. You know, there's, there's, they're not going to hang their hat on one season. You know, Chris Peterson, he's got a contract here. He's not going anywhere. They're not going to – he's not going to be on the hot seat for at least a couple more years just because, you know, the, the expectations this year were overblown coming in. You know, there was – they were ranked in the top 25 and they probably should have been ranked, you know, maybe top 30, 32 – they have a good defense, but they have an incredibly subpar offense. And, you know, there's there there has to be that waiting period. And I think fans get that. They're starting to realize, you know, you know we, we want a good team, but we realize that this is not an overnight change. Is it more – does it have more to do then with lack of talent on offense than Chris Peterson still trying to kind of implement his system there? Well, the thing is, like, the quarterbacks that Sarkeesian recruited, you know, Troy Williams, Tyler Miles, Jeff Lindquist, and you know, uh, Keith Price, who's now gone, and a couple of those who left beforehand, um, they don't really seem to have developed. You know, they were, they were uh, Jeff and Tyler are both four-star guys coming out. Troy was also a highly recruited guy. And yet they really haven't seemed to take in that next level. Now, granted, this is obviously their first year in Pearson's system, and, you know, Jonathan Smith is not – I don't know if he's not opening up the whole playbook or if, if he, they can just tell that this is not going to work out with these quarterbacks. But it's – I mean, they have, some, they have some good pieces. You know, Lamont Coleman is a good uh, redshirt freshman running back. John Ross is one of the fastest hits on the passes receivers in the conference. And J.R. Rickens is about the same. But they don't have that, you know, 60 – basically what they had with Stringfellow was their number one receiver – and then he transferred out, and he's sitting on a little miss right now. Okay. But they don't. They have some good pieces. They just don't have everything working together. You mentioned Siler Miles, and obviously, uh, us folks out here in the Denver area have kept a close eye on him because this is where he's from. You look at his stat line, and he is completing sixty-six percent of his passes, and has only thrown win and interception, but uh, has only thrown for more than one hundred ninety-one yards in one game this season. Uh, you, you said he hasn't quite developed the way that they expected. Uh, it, so it sounds like it, it's uh, he's not really capable of doing more in the passing game. Well, it, when I watch his film, it's like he really struggles throwing sideline to sideline. And it, I don't know if it's that he hasn't fully developed or that he's developed and that's as much as he can do. Because, I mean, you, you look at what he's able to do and he's he's safe with the ball. He's not going to make mistakes and he's a great athlete. But it's more or less the case of he's a better athlete than he is a quarterback. And it, it's it's almost like he's hit a ceiling. He looked great against Cal, which when I looked at his first couple of games this season and then I looked at the game against Cal, he seemed to have a lot more confidence in the pocket. And when he was holding the ball, he was holding it a lot better and getting the ball out a lot faster. But there's still that delay that he has where it's like, you know, here's where he's at right now, and he's still got a ways to go or a little bit more to go. But it's like, is this all he can do? And I think this is all he can do. And 
that's not a knock on him because at least he's keeping the ball safe. But he's not gonna he's not gonna be your Marcus Mariota. He's not gonna be your you know win the game for you quarterback. He's not gonna lose it for you quarterback. He comes back this week after missing the Arizona State game due to injury. Uh, is Siler Miles still without question their best option there? Is there any quarterback controversy budding there there in Seattle? Uh, well, he's the best of a worst option. Yeah, um, you know Troy. It's kind of hard to judge his game against Arizona State because you know the win was incredible. I mean that you know no one was throwing the ball downfield at that point, and they didn't really open up the passing game after due to the win, which which makes total sense. Uh, Jeff, you know he's shown what he can and cannot do, and you know Silas giving him their best option. I mean you know ten touchdowns, one interception, whereas. Jeff Lundquist is the only guy on the, on the quarterback roster with uh, another touchdown. So, you know, he's obviously the best option they have, and he's not a terrible option. It's not like he's, you know, we're going to start throwing Marvin Hall back there. But, yeah, it's it's one of those, you know, he's not he, – they're going to roll with him because everyone else – it it works with him, but he's not – you know, if they had a better option, I think they would go to somebody else, but they just don't have that better option. Okay. Moving to the defensive side of the ball, Washington's front seven is lauded as one of the best in the Pac-12, if not the country. The the Huskies rank second in the country in sacks and third in the conference in rushing defense. Uh, talk a little bit about the, the top players in that group and what makes Washington's front seven so stout. Well, I think what's what's key for Washington's defense is you have Danny Shelton in the middle, you know, three down, three linemen where they have Howie Kikaha at the buck position, who basically can just get right up to the quarterback, and Danny Shelton can take up at least one or two offensive linemen. But the key is he's not – the thing with Shelton is he's not just like a, oh, I'm just going to, you know, hold a couple guys here and, you know, take up some room. He's a guy that can actually push the pocket and move. And then when you have Kikaha who can come on the outside on either side and just sack the quarterback – that really uh, forces a lot of problems for Washington on Washington's defense. But the key is actually for for the defense is the fact that they've been able to improve in the secondary. That that was the huge thing this coming into the season where they everyone knew they had a great front seven. It was what was going to happen in the back in the uh, back four. And Sidney Jones has really stepped up. I mean, talk about a guy who you know, no one really knew about him when he signed out. You know, I think it was in California. And then now all of a sudden he's starting opposite of Marcus Peters, and he's playing. You know he's not playing Marcus Peters level, but he's doing pretty good on his own out there. And the key for Washington's defense is when they can get that pressure. It's starting from the back, from the defensive backs being able to give them time and get to the quarterback. Okay, uh, we we are talking with Lars Hansen, who covers University of Washington athletics and recruiting for RealDog.com. Lars, we got to talk about Shaq Thompson. Four defensive touchdowns this year. I believe that's the most for any defensive player. Uh, has had in one season uh, in 10 years of college football. And he's uh, had more of an impact on offense, uh, nearly 100 yards rushing last week. Uh, are we going to continue to see him having more of an increased role on, on offense? And is there some worry that could kind of take away from his defensive performance? Well, I'm not sure. Well, the, the thing against Arizona State was the, the plan coming in was he was just going to be at running back. There wasn't going to be any uh, going both ways on that night because they didn't want to overload him. And, you know, Shaq, it's not that Shaq didn't want to. It's just that Washington wanted to, you know, make it simple and, you know, hey, you're going to be a running back because you're going to have a fair amount of load. And he would kind of was sad for Shaq because he went over the 100-yard mark and then had to go back and he wanted to finish in like 98 or something like that. But the thing with Shaq is he can almost do whatever. And whether he's on offense or he's on defense, he is Washington's best offensive weapon because of how he's able to score on either side of the ball. 
And I think, you know, when, as long as LeVon Coleman and Dwayne Washington are healthy, you're not going to see Shaq at running back as much. You know, he'll still get that, that package to a game when he has, you know, maybe three to four carries. But the reason he had to come in against Arizona State is because they didn't have Coleman or Washington. And so you're looking at basically two running backs being Deontay Cooper and Shaq Thompson, and one of those is a linebacker. So as long as the other two, uh, Washington and Coleman, are healthy, you're going to see Shaq more on defense, which honestly, not that that's where he is at best at, because he showed that he can really run the ball well. But I think Washington could, could have used him in that fourth quarter against Arizona State on defense. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about the the health of those running backs. And, and uh, I mentioned earlier that Siler Miles is back at quarterback this week after missing last week. What, what's kind of the injury situation with Washington? Are there some guys coming back this week in addition to Miles, or other guys that are going to be out this week? Yeah, it it, it looks like both the running backs should be able to go. Um, you know, Peterson obviously and his thing is always we're a day to day program, which is you know. He's not really going to say much else, but I think uh, Coleman and Washington should be able to go. And you know, think like they were able to go against Arizona. They weren't completely able to go against Arizona State, but you know, if really need be, they could have. But I think they should be ready to go this weekend against Colorado. Colorado has hasn't notched a conference win yet this season, but they've been competitive in four of their five Pac-12 games. How are the Buffaloes being viewed by the Huskies, coaches, players, and fans leading up to this week's game? Oh, you want all you need to do is turn on the UCLA game, and that showed how good Colorado can be. And especially, you know, Washington can't take Washington isn't taking them lightly, especially after the game against when Washington um, was trailing fourteen nothing at halftime to Georgia State. They don't take anyone lightly anymore. It's it's and it's not that they ever did, but it's kind of you know one of those. Oh yeah, they're the you know lower part of the conference. You know we don't really need to worry about them. No, the Pac-12 conference is incredible. You know, you slip up one game, you're you're hurting. So I think, you know, Washington and Washington knows Colorado can easily pose a threat on offense. That's no question about that. It's more or less, you know, can Washington's defense hold Colorado's offense long enough for the offense to at least put up one touchdown and who knows, that might be enough. Lastly, before I let you go, Lars, uh, how do you see Washington matching up against Colorado and uh, give us a prediction for this week's game? Well, I think the key for Washington is you know Colorado has a really explosive offense and Washington has almost no offense. So the key is for Washington is Washington's defense has always been able, at least for the most part this season, to hold down an opposing offense, usually long enough for the offense to muster up something or for the defense to get a couple of turnovers and capitalize on their own. And I think if Washington can do that, that'll be the key. You know, who knows? Maybe the the air, the Colorado air for Silent Miles will bring back some good memories and get him going in the passing game, I think it would still be a close one. I'd probably have Washington winning in a touchdown. I'd probably go I'm going to go 28-21 Washington. All right. Well, that was Lars Hansen who covers University of Washington Athletics and recruiting for RealDog.com. Good stuff, Lars. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, take care.